Lord willing, next Wednesday night uh, we will uh, divide up and have our prayer time again like we have done a few times here in the last few months. Um, and so we'll have another Wednesday night of doing that, Lord willing, next Wednesday unless God changes things. But uh, we'll plan on that. And so uh, uh, I've been excited to see the effects that that time of prayer, that, that fervent time of prayer, that specific time of prayer has had uh, in my own life. And I think even in just hearing the testimonies of other folks, how much of a blessing and encouragement that's been to you. Uh, some folks that have talked about how God has used that uh, to help them grow and to help them do better and uh, some areas to kind of encourage their hearts. And I, I was listening to a fellow last week, and he made a comment about John R. Rice. And I'd heard this before, I believe. But John R. Rice said that all of his, uh, all of his failures that he could think of in life were prayer failures and failures in his prayer life. And uh, that everything else hinged on that. And I thought as I heard that, I thought, you know, there's a, probably a lot of truth to that in Scripture. Uh, the Bible says that we're to come to Him uh, with prayer and supplication, uh, with thanksgiving, making known to God the heart that we have, the burdens that we have, the things that we're petitioning Him for. And, uh, you know, the Bible tells us we're to acknowledge Him in all things. We're to give uh, God the opportunity to guide and direct our steps in all things. And uh, for some reason, we, even though we know that as Christians, we oftentimes get to the place where we take matters into our own hands. And we think we can make our own choices, our own decisions. We can uh, run our own lives adequately. And the truth is, we haven't got a clue uh, in comparison to what God has for us. And uh, so we ought to be uh, people of prayer. We spoke a little bit about this last time uh, with regards to the fact that we ought not to just, uh, when we talk about this idea of being instant in prayer, uh, we ought not to just be always in, uh, in a position of prayer saying a prayer, but we ought to have a heart that is always crying out to God, always acknowledging God throughout the day, and living a life that is a prayer life. Um, it's marked by that. It's characterized by that. As we get to Philippians chapter number 1, um, I, last week we gave a warning and something that we need to be cautious about because we've been so focused on lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ, making Him the primary thing in our church, because that, that is what the Bible teaches, is it not? That He is to have the preeminence. And we cautioned our folks because the tendency is, and I use the illustration about pride and how Sometimes when we begin to get humility, we start getting proud of our humility. And sometimes in the effort to give God the preeminence, we begin to take it ourselves. And by that, we simply mean this, that we begin to look at the fact that we've given God preeminence in our lives, and then we begin to look around at others, and we begin to judge others and where they're at in giving God preeminence. We begin to look down on others, thinking they're not as... They're not as yielded to this principle as I am. We begin to hyper-spiritualize it in our lives. We begin to think ourselves better than we are. And, and, and we don't intend to do these things. It just is a natural course of it in some cases. And in doing that, we become the preeminent one. We are worried about what people are going to think. Uh, giving God the preeminence is never anything that ought to be drummed up outwardly, but ought to be something that is done inwardly in the inner man. 
And in the, in the throne of my heart is where that preeminence needs to be. Uh, I hope and pray that it shows outwardly. But we've got to be careful that we do not do outward things to try to cause people to think that I am something that I am not uh, in the effort of lifting him up and forcing things to happen. We've got to be so careful of that. God will have a way of stirring our hearts. And uh, it's not something that we need to uh, make a man-made thing or a man-centric thing. But he will stir us. And when he does, it will be quite a stirring. I'll tell you that. There will be no mistake in it. And uh, what a joy it is to our hearts. So we get to Philippians chapter number 1. I want to share just one other uh, thing that will be a help, hopefully, to us when we come to this thing of praying for the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and for God to keep our hearts stirred. Um, the other day, just uh, in fact, last night, Jonathan and I lit a fire back here on the back lot. We had a lot of wood from VBS we needed to burn. And uh, it sat there all day today, cool day, wind blowing, and the, the embers were there, and the coals were there from last night. And late this afternoon, Jonathan went over there, and uh, he put some more wood on, the, on, the, on the, just the debris that was laying there. And with the wind blowing over top of it, uh, lo and behold, it caught fire again. He didn't even have to light it again. And even after sitting out there all day long, cooling off, uh, the embers were stirred up again, and the, the fire began to fuel again. And we need to, in our lives, have times where God is able to stir us fresh and new. And uh, I want to encourage us in some things here from Philippians chapter number 1. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, I, I hope we, we greet one another in the Lord Jesus Christ that way. Uh, and, I, and I don't mean we have to use Paul's exact expression there or words there. But, you know, when we get to, uh, to, uh, to greet each other, we get into each other's presence, it, it ought to be something that just naturally we begin to talk about the things of the Lord. You know, it, it really ought to be such a natural thing for us. Uh, I love our, our fellowship time at the uh, lunchtime and, and Sunday uh, down there. Uh, and I'm amazed at how many times... Uh, the discussion will turn from just the things that we've done this week to some things about the Lord or some things about the message or some things about the Bible. And uh, it ought to be that way, I think, among Christians. He says this in verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, not, not just every once in a while. He's saying always in every prayer of mine. That's a pretty powerful statement. For you all making requests with joy... For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident, and here's what I want us to look at tonight, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. There are several things that are very, uh, just kind of jump out at you from this verse. First of all, Paul had a confidence that when God does the stirring, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great stirring. And it's not going to be something that's going to be what we would call, uh, years ago we used to call it flash pan Christianity. Uh, they used to have uh, little fireworks on stages that would be a flash pan and just uh, a burst of light, a burst of energy, a burst of excitement, then it was done and it was gone. But that's not what Paul is saying here. He says, I've got full confidence in this. That he which hath begun a good work in you. That's an amazing phrase. And, and kind of goes hand in hand a little bit with what we were dealing with last Wednesday night. 
<coughs> that we've got to be careful that the stirring that goes on in our hearts is a stirring that God does in there. Uh, it's not a man-made thing. It's not something I drum up outwardly. I, I, don't, I don't create excitement on the outside of me to make my inner man become excited. I have the Lord stir my heart. And if from that my outside shows, then that's great. But if we're not careful, we'll get to the place where we'll begin to say, I'm going to, I'm going to create some things. By the way, the, the, the seeker-friendly churches that are out there today, the entertainment-crazed churches today, that is the philosophy that they have. That if they can generate outwardly a sense of emotion, a sense of, uh, of, uh, uh, of, uh, just, you know, creating that, that cry, that, that, that morbid spirit in the room and getting people to be emotional and shed tears or to shout or to, to do different things. That's all done outwardly. Can I tell you that is, that is not anywhere near what the Bible teaches. What the Bible teaches and Paul speaks about here is, He which hath begun a good work in you. When I read that passage, it helps me to understand that the stirring of my heart is not something I do. It's something that He does. He does the good work in me. And it has to begin in the inner man. And so when we pray, and we've been praying for several months, Lord, stir our hearts, send revival. We want God to do that. We don't want Brother Greg to get up here and get a praise team on the platform or get a smoke machine up here. Definitely don't do that. Or start wearing a gold chain and a toupee or whatever it is and sitting on a chair and dialoguing with you. That, that does nothing. That, that affects the outer. That, that affects the flesh. But when God stirs the heart, and Paul said, I'm confident of this. In fact, I'm so confident of it that I pray always, in every prayer, I pray this for you, that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it. God will do it. The, the stirring, God will do. In the inner man, God will take care of that. The Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit in the book of Galatians. He says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. He speaks of all of these things uh, being the fruit of the Spirit. And I remember years ago as a young man, I would read that and I would think, oh, I want that in my life. I want to have love and I want to have joy and I want to have peace. And I would strive for those things. And it was one of those things that I would work at and work at and work at. And I was frustrated because I'd fail at it so often. My long-suffering, my temperance, and these things uh, would, would oftentimes not happen. And I, I came to the realization uh, a number of years ago that it was, it was, I was doing something that this was the fruit of Greg that I was attempting, not the fruit of the Spirit. I, I wasn't letting the Spirit produce something in me. I was trying to do something that would help me to become spiritual. And can I tell you, that is not what the Bible teaches. I don't do things to become spiritual. I let God work in my heart. If I'm going to walk in the Spirit, if I'm going to have the power of the Holy Spirit, then He's got to do the work. The only thing I can ever do is clear all the muck out of the way and yield myself to Him and let Him do the work. If I attempt to have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, if I try to do all of those things outwardly, I will tell you this, I will fail and I will be frustrated at it. But if he does it, Paul said this, I'm confident of this. This is what Paul said. That he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it. He'll continue to do it. He'll do the work in me. He'll cause that heart to be stirred. 
I, I want to share something. I don't mean this. I, I know when I say it, it's probably going to be taken as a critical thing, and I'm not meaning it this way. If a preacher has to be a particular personality for your heart to be stirred, then you've got the wrong thing stirring your heart. George Whitfield stood, or I think it was, it might have been John, no, I think it was George Whitfield. It might have been Jonathan Edwards. I'll double check and let you know. One of the two, just Jonathan Edwards, had a meeting on a Saturday morning at 6 o'clock in the morning in a drizzly rain. And several thousand, not adults, but teenagers sat there and listened to him for over an hour. Not because he was dynamic. Because without a PA system and with reading of his notes, with his head down, in a monotone voice, God's power began to fall and those young people began to trust Christ as their Savior. Not because of the dynamics of his pulpiteering. I've heard of great revivalists that have been fireballs. I look at Billy Sunday. I have no problem with Billy Sunday. And if that's the way God has stirred him to preach, then I'll, go, go, go at it. Have fun with it. What I'm trying to get is this. We ought to be able to get something from God's Word when God's power is on a man, regardless of how his personality is or his pulpiteering is. God may choose to use a Billy Sunday, or God may choose to use a Jonathan Edwards. The critical thing is that we understand that it's God doing the work, not a man. Not the type of music that we have. I've heard, when I first... When I first became pastor here, I had a couple of folks that had asked me if we could change the way our music program was. I'm not talking about getting a, song, a song, better song leader or something like that, but the type of music that we had here. And their comment was, I just don't get much out of the songs. And I thought, you know, if a particular style of music has to be there, for my heart to be stirred and moved by the song, then I'm looking at the wrong thing to do the stirring. Nothing wrong with the old hymns. Well, there's such doctrine, such stirring in there. Sometimes the clouds of trouble bedim the sky above. I cannot see my Savior's face. I doubt His wondrous love. But He from heaven's mercy seat, beholding my despair and pity, bursts the clouds between and shows me He is there. Tell me that doesn't stir your heart. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Tell me that doesn't stir your heart. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. And He walks with me and He talks with me and He tells me I am His own. And the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known. Face to face with Christ my Savior, face to face, what will it be? Fanny Crosby wrote, When with rapture I behold Him, Jesus Christ who died for me. Oh, what a joy. 
when we let God do a work in our hearts. And it's the truth that stirs us, not the method, not, not the dynamics, not the type of music, not having an interpretive dance on the platform. Not having some promotional gimmick of illustration. There are times I've seen clips of churches that go to extremes to make some memorable and some dynamic entrance into the church service to cause excitement in the crowd. Can I tell you this? People ought to get excited when the Holy Spirit of God begins to work on their hearts. Not because a preacher gets up and stirs them into a froth and a frenzy. Paul says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it. And then I love this. He's going to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. When the Lord comes back again, God's going to keep performing it. You say, why isn't He going to perform it beyond that? Because after that, we're going to have our glorified bodies. We're not going to have the need for it anymore. This old flesh nature is going to be put down, and we're not going to have to fight it anymore. But when Jesus comes back, and God will perform that in us, the Bible says, until the day of Jesus Christ. If I want my heart stirred, I don't want to look to what process we're doing in our church. Some people think, well... Boy, if we just had a piano on Sunday afternoon and Wednesday night, it'd sure stir the hearts of our people. Let the singing stir the hearts of our people. Let the message of these hymns, let the preaching of the Word of God stir our hearts. Boy, if we just had a preacher that was a little more interesting and had a better voice or had a little more zeal and excitement about it, had a little more um, pulpiteering capabilities... I've heard people say, boy, I get bored. I get bored in that service because that preacher is so dry. Can I tell you this? If I'm looking to the preacher and him not being dry to stir me, then I'm looking for the wrong thing to stir me. I'm looking for what that preacher is saying. Is it from Scripture? And is that Scripture stirring my heart? I've sat under some preachers before. I've walked out of them and I've had people that I was there with say, boy, he was dry. I didn't get much. I had a hard time staying awake. I thought, what are you talking about? He's preached the Word of God. He preached the Gospel message. He preached truths from God's Word that impacted my heart and my life. And we're going to say we didn't get stirred. Our hearts weren't affected because a man didn't stir it. I'll be real frank with you. If you come to Keith the Heights Baptist Church because you expect me to stir your heart, find another church because it's not here. When we preach from the pulpit, I want God to stir your heart. I want the Holy Spirit to have free course. I don't want there to be anything in this service to quench or to grieve Him from stirring your heart. We look to God's Word and we see the truth of God's Word. And I want God's Word to prick us. I want it to prick me. There's an awful lot of times before I ever come in here to preach, I've got to get on my knees and deal with things in my life because the truth has so affected my heart. 
being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. As we pray for God to do a stirring, let, let, let's let God do the stirring. I don't mind having an evangelist in like Brother Tully. I don't mind occasionally even having a singing group in like the McCormicks or someone like that that will encourage us in God's Word. But I want their emphasis to always be to encourage us through God's Word, not through their entertainment. I hope, and I don't mean this to be a critical message, and I'm not trying to step on toes, but I'm trying to teach some things from Scripture that will ground us spiritually. Because even though our intent is, I want to know the truth of God's Word, I want God to stir my heart, in the process of pursuing that, sometimes we get stirred up by other things other than God. Sometimes we are allowing things to stir us other than His Word. And we need to get our eyes back on where it needs to be. Is God's Word stirring me? Is the Holy Spirit doing a work in my heart that causes me to love Him more each and every day? Draws me closer to Him each and every day? Let Him do the stirring. Paul said, being confident of this very thing, he said, I pray always in every prayer of mine that this is true in your life. Being confident of this very thing, that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it. (laughs) I don't have to. He will. And want to encourage us in that tonight, all right? Let's stand together. We'll be dismissed in prayer. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the opportunity tonight to be together. Lord, what a sweet time it is and just precious as we've spent time sharing with each other our prayer requests and... Uh, the blessings, the joys that you've given to us in our life. Father, help us as we seek for your, your uh, stirring in our hearts and our lives that we would live a life that is a revived life. Lord, not, we're not asking for you to send a revival as some sort of an event that has to happen. Lord, we're asking that you would revive our hearts and help us to live in that revived spirit. Help our church to live in a revived state that you will continue to do a work, that you will do the stirring, that you will continue to uh, draw our hearts to you. Dismiss us now with your blessings and with the message upon our hearts. May we meditate and think upon it and allow the Holy Spirit to continue to work. As we leave this place, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. (coughs) Just one more.